He is worthy. 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 Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad to be here. Oh, tell your neighbor, I am glad to be here. If your neighbor is speechless, say, please, neighbor. Jesus has done so much for us. Hallelujah. I always say that sometimes we don't always realize this, but, um, you know, when we, those who are in school, you know that sometimes you, when wherever seats you pick in your classroom, you try to make sure that you are around the right people. You pick your classmates, you pick the people that are around you, you know. You want the person sitting next to you be the right person. It could be your best friend, it could be somebody that you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> somebody said, especially in an examination. <laughs> the purpose was not to be copying. <laughs> Hallelujah. But hear that story though. It is good to have a good neighbor. Yes. It is good to have a good neighbor. Yes. So when you come to the house of God, know that it is good to have a neighbor sitting next to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. The reason why I say that is because the salvation of God has been made so rich and so much in abundance that if you look on your side, your left and your right, and you realize that somebody sitting next to you has also encountered this salvation. And you look on your left and you realize somebody sitting next to you has also encountered this salvation. Then something has to do you inside of you. Hallelujah. Because it means that the grace of God has abound. The grace has worked. The grace saved beyond measure. Hallelujah. So the fact that you have a neighbor, say neighbor. I am glad that you are here. Neighbor, I am glad that you are here. Hallelujah. And some of you, if you want to take it to a step, another, another notch of your faith, say, I will see you in heaven. Hallelujah. Say, I will see you in heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. Give glory to Jesus. Today, I, you know, I'm going to go against my own words. You know what I mean? Most of the time I say that I don't like to rush through the word, but today I have to finish the word. <laughs> yeah. I've been um, teaching on that series called Beyond the Call of Duty for the past three weeks. This will be the fourth week. But I have to finish today because next week I will not be here by the grace of God. I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. As most of you know that I, I, you know, a couple of months ago, I completed my doctorate degree and one of the, my research work was accepted in a big organization that I need to present. So I'll be there next weekend um, to present. And I believe that everywhere we go and everywhere we show, the Lord positions us, it is to glorify his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Lord has called us to not only just excel in just the things of the spiritual, but even as we, in our everyday life, we need to excel. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage those who are in school and those who are, wherever you find yourself, in your place of your work, excellence is part of the package of the grace. Hallelujah. Excellence is part of the package of the grace. Hallelujah. I am not preaching about that today, but one day, tell your neighbor, I will preach about that. Hallelujah. Excellence is part of the package. Amen. Because God has called us and given us grace for a reason. So even in my classrooms, I need to excel. 
When you read the books and you're not getting it, say, Grace, where are you? I need you this very moment. I always say that, you know, I have been fortunate to write a couple of book chapters. And I've always come to realize the fact that if God can use man and give man the ability to write books, then, and we who are believing in Jesus Christ, we can pick the Bible up and we can understand the word of God. Then imagine the book that a, just a natural man, a mere man has written. What, what, what behoves you that you cannot understand what man has written? If you can believe and trust in God. Because I have sat behind my computers and I've written chapters. There are some times that sometimes I don't even know what I'm writing, if it's making sense. And I need to go back and research more. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. So it makes me realize that it takes some ability of grace. For all these books that we read in our classrooms to even, you know, make sense to us. What about the word of God? If you get the word of God, then there is nothing else that should be a mountain for you. You get it. That is why your greatest goal should really be this word. Because if you get this word, nothing can hold you back. Hallelujah. Amen. If the Lord gives you wisdom, understanding, the mindset to be able to obtain Wisdom, understanding from this word, discernment from this word, that nothing else can hold you back. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your faithfulness and for your love and kindness. We want to thank you for how far you have brought us. We pray that today, Lord, as your word comes forth, it will minister to us. It will help us to know you more. And we shall grow in your strength and in your power. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Let every heart, Father, be committed to you. Let every heart be, my God, be prepared by you, that it shall receive your word and germinate and grow from the hundreds, from the thousands. The Father, it shall know that indeed you are Yahweh. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So I have been dealing with the word of going beyond the call of duty and I would like to end today, as we know, we took it from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 all the way down, where we have really been trying to really break down the foundation of understanding, you know, some months ago when we began this year, and we're dealing with the theme, the prevailing grace, we broke it into three different places. And the first place we dealt with was about the condition of the heart. And after we dealt with the condition, we dealt now with the condition of the mind. And now we are actually going into this very new place, or new, this very new era, where we are going to deal with putting on the armor of God. Hallelujah. And you may be asking that, you know, so how does all this tie in? Tell your neighbor, it all ties in together. Amen. So I began three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, where I really wanted to expand on the, why it is important for us to understand what the armor of God is. Because the scriptures say that we should put on the armor of God. Hallelujah. It means that it is something that it is necessary to put on. Hallelujah. And in the mix of that as well, I took that first week to expand on the fact, the, the fact that putting on the armor is not just some material things in the flesh that we can look at. But it's really a, re a reflection of putting on Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Putting on who? Christ Jesus. And when you put on Christ Jesus, it is that full package of Christ's grace. So you are living a life of God's grace. When it comes to prevailing grace, it's a life of God's divine nature and his grace. 
that you live with, that you abide in, that you find yourself being able to live according to. Amen. Amen. And then I, I, I wanted to spend some time because in the mix of that first six, um, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 going, it began with a very powerful statement. It says, that finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And I, I wanted to really take the time for us to understand why the Apostle Paul realized that it was necessary to begin that very, you know, you know reflection of putting on the armor with the message, be strong. Because being strong in the, in, in the original language of the Hebrews is really about increase. So what you are putting on, the armor of God that you are putting on is not an armor just to say that it is, I'm putting it on today. And I'm going to remain just as I am. But I'm putting on the armor of God to increase in my capacity as a child of God. That whatever I could not be able to fight against, whatever I was not able to be victorious against, because of the armor of God, I can be victorious in it. Amen. You didn't say amen unto that. Amen. When you put the armor of God on you, it, it changes who you are. It changes who you are. So we, we spent two weeks dealing with, last week, as a matter of fact, dealing with what it all means to increase. And we took the scripture from Jeremiah chapter 17, where he says, the blessed is the man who what? Trust in the Lord, right? And whose hope is what? The Lord. He is like a tree planted by the what? The streams of water. Amen. And we dealt with that issue, but the reason why I wanted to take my time to teach that very thing is that I said that at the end of the day, it was important. Because when we are asking for God to build us in the, in the, the, the very place of divine nature, you see, you have to understand what you are asking of. When Apostle Paul say, you know, put on the armor of God, put on the divine nature of God's grace. It's because he's asking you to put on something that you are not accustomed to. But as you put this on, you have to know what it also entails. That it causes you to increase in the Lord. Now, to be able to increase in God, there is two things that we learned in that very, for the past couple of weeks. One was what? Trust. Blessed is the man that what? Trust in the Lord. Amen. The, last the other component is about hope. You may be asking, how does the trust and the hope all fit into putting on the armor of God? I'm going to explain very soon. But you see, one of the things you have to understand and recognize is this. If what you have on, if you don't know what it is, and you don't believe in its ability, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 going, it makes us understand that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against what? Principalities, powers of darkness. It means that there is a consistent confrontation in our everyday life. Maybe today you are cruising and enjoying your cruise. Like the way sometimes when I'm driving, you know, I, I shared a story some months back where, you know, whenever I'm going to work, I put on cruise control. And I relax back, and I turn on my music, and I start cruising. Onto the day when I was cruising, and I saw a car turn around and start to face me, I quickly had to take it off cruise 
because Cruz was not going to help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 64, I shared this story with the church where I was driving early in the morning and I was driving to go to work and all of a sudden I saw that a car in front of me all of a sudden stopped and turned around to face me. And this car started coming towards me. Immediately, I had to take it off cruise. Because if I had continued to go on the same speed, on the same path that I was going in, I would have encountered a confrontation that would have led me not to maybe be alive today. But because of the grace of God. See, most of the time, us as children of God, we like to cruise in the presence of God. We have put our life under cruise control. So cruise control means this. I show up to church. Today the church was great. I had a good time. I go home. I go about my business. Sunday I come back. I show up again to church. And I'm like, yeah, it was great. And then all of a sudden when something happened, boom. God, why didn't you show up? Because you have been cruising all this time. But you got to learn how to walk with the Lord. The Bible says that Abraham walked with God. Hallelujah. And he walked with God and was accounted unto him as what? Righteousness. Amen. So I'm going to talk briefly so we understand what the Lord has been teaching us. So today I'm going to try to really expand some few things and then end with why hope is also necessary. Tell your neighbor why hope. It's also necessary. So the armor of God works in, a, in two different things. One, it is effective one in being an, a, a, a defensive system for us. And two, it is also an offensive system for us as a child of God. Let's read Ephesians 6 verses 10. Finally, brethren, my, my, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and put, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wills of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Withstand. In the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having graded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having showed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fairies darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all what? Prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end, with, with this end, all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Amen. Apostle Paul reveals to us that there is a confrontation here in life. All of us, some way, somehow in life, we will face some ways of confrontation from the powers of darkness. We cannot escape from it. We cannot run away from it. But God is saying here that in the, when you encounter that, you have to what? 
Have on the armor of God. Have on what? The armor of God. Now, after he went down to talk about what are the different qualities and the different things about this armor, he ended by saying, pray. Hallelujah. It means that the armor of God, as you have put it on, it is not only to say that I have on the armor. Your strength, your ability is bought into what? Prayer. Your defense system is prayer. Your offensive system is prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is part of the package of your salvation. But it doesn't mean that when you put on the armor of God, you remain quiet. But when you put on the armor of God, you keep on pressing on praying. Hallelujah. Because in the midst of your prayer, something happens. So the reason why we we are taught about trust and hope is this. Because for prayer to be effective, trust and hope, has to be part of the atmosphere. I want to teach this very briefly. Take your scripture to Jeremiah 17, verse 7. And then open again your scripture to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. Are we there yet? All right, we have to be there for the sake of time. John chapter 15, verses 5 going. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire. And they are burnt. If you, now verse 7, I want you to look at it very carefully. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you will what? Ask what you desire. And it shall be what? Done for you. Is this God's word? Good. Verses 8. By this, my father, my father is glorified, that you may what? Bear much what? Fruit. So that you will be my what? You'll be my what? Good. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Verses 7. Are we there yet? Please. Listen to what it says. Verses 7 and 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is what? The Lord. He is like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river, and will not fear when he comes. What? When what? When what? He comes to what? He comes to destroy things. He comes to what? To confront. You get it? He comes to be able to undermine your ability of growing. But he says that when he comes, hear what the word of the Lord says. But its leaf will will be what? Green. And will not be anxious in the year of what? Drought. He comes to what? Destroy. There is also going to be a year of what? Drought. Nor will it cease from yielding what? Fruit. It means some way, somehow, this very particular tree 
it will experience heat, but it will not be burned down. This particular tree, it will experience drought, but yet will still keep germinating fruit. There is something about this tree that is not like any other tree. So then the scripture then also helps us here. In the gospel of John chapter 15, verses 7, it says that if you abide in me, and my word abide in you, it says, by this, your father, my father is glorified, that you will bear much what? What is the common denominator here? Both of these things bear forth fruit. The common denominator of your Christianity, of you praying and yearning and seeking the face of God, is that you are one that bears forth fruit. I didn't say you are going to bear forth fruit. You are one that bears forth fruit. You are the tree that bears forth fruit. Now that tree that bears forth fruit, you have to understand, it says in Jeremiah 17, verse 7, that tree is what? The tree that is what? Blessed by the man who what? Trust. And also whose hope is what? The Lord. When I expand on this a couple of weeks ago, for the sake of those who are not here, I have to keep moving on this. But I talked about some few things here. I said when it comes to trust, it really boils down to your experience, your, your knowledge of what you know. You trust in what you know. You get my point. So if you think that the doctor knows his stuff, whatever the doctor tells you is what you are going to trust in. I said this last week. The only reason why we all believe one plus one is two is because we trusted in our teacher's capacity. And we have believed it from ancient time and then we still believe it. So what you trust makes a difference. So what did I say? Trust has to deal with what? No, 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 no. Has to deal with what? Knowledge. Right? Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 7 says what? If you abide in what? In me. It didn't end there. And my word abides in you. If you get my word, if you abide in my knowledge, if you trust in my word, then I want you to be rest assured. I will build you like a tree. It doesn't matter I don't have the resources, but the Bible says that my tree will remain green. My fruit will keep bearing forth even in the season of drought. And it did not just leave it here. You see, I want you to understand it. Because God's of, God's of 15, um, John the 15 says, Abide in me. And I have talked about two things here. I said it deals with what? The atmosphere of what? Trust and what? Hope. You get my point? And I said that hope actually boils down to what? Experience or what? Relationship. You get my point? So what you have a relationship in, it's what you put your hope in. If you don't know me from Adam, if it's not the Holy Ghost, then nothing that I will say you believe. But if you, have, if you have a relationship with me, then you know that this is what he stands for. And whatever word that comes out of his mouth, this is what he lives by. Your hope is tied into your relationship. So as you hope in the Lord, it also means you abide in him. You didn't get to me here. Can I get a church to preach? Let me preach to this side of the church. Hallelujah. 
if you abide in his word, then you know what his word means to you. So no matter the drought season, no matter the season that the heat will burn on your tree, God says that in the midst of it, this person has his hope. And the Bible makes me understand one thing. You see, you have to understand the context of this hope. This hope is about making Jesus your hope. That is why Jeremiah 17, verses 7, it said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope... It did not say whose hope is going to be the Lord. Whose hope is the Lord? Whose hope is the Lord? It means that when this man looks, somewhere, looks around and all discouragement is around him, he sees God. So people don't understand why are you still hoping for a miracle? Because I see God. You see, the reason why the scripture says in, in, the, gospel, in the book of um, um, on Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham hoped against all hope. He hoped against what? Means that he had a different hope that he was holding on to. That hope was Jesus Christ. He, Jesus was his hope. But against all the other hope, he could have put his rest assured on. Against all the other hope, he could have put his faith on. He said, against all other hope, I will lean on this hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is who? Jesus Christ. If we can put our hope in Jesus, if we can know that our hope is the Lord, and we put our trust in his word, that I came to announce to somebody, when you put on the armor of God, and you go into your daily life with prayer, God will show up. Because he says that what? Those who what? Abide in him. And abide in his word. Ask whatever. Ask. And you shall what? You shall receive. He didn't say ask and I will meditate upon it. Because you start to ask. You ask what is coming from the Father himself. Hallelujah. Wow. I promise that I have to finish today. But this hope and this trust. You see, my brothers and sisters, I have to find a way to finish this. But I have to let this church know and the people of God know. It's about time that we, we yearn to be in the word of God. I always believe so much that at the end of the day, if the Lord takes me, may my last breath be a breath of hoping in him. I want to see him in the fullness of his glory. Because I've seen what the Lord has done for me. I always tell people that, you know, if you only know what some of us we have gone through in life, Never did we ever imagine where the Lord has positioned us. You get my point? So I don't know what your past looked like. But if you can trust in God, if you can trust in his word, 
and make Jesus your hope. Then you go before him. My father in heaven. This is the time I need you. This is the moment I need you. The armor is not put on for fashion. But it makes you, gives you the ability for divine nature of Christ. See, there was never a time that Jesus Christ went to the Father that the Father did not answer him. Even when he said, why have you forsaken me? It was still a response from the Father. The Bible says that he sent forth his angelic host. And they came to strengthen Jesus Christ. Whatever you will go through in life, I came to announce to you that if you can just trust in his word, if you can make Jesus Christ your hope. One of the plays I wanted us to read was really in the book of Kings. I believe 2 Kings. But I'm not going to do that. Actually, maybe I'll do that. Or maybe I'll go to Romans chapter 1. No. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you what is happening with me right now, man. I just want to release so much. I, I'm trying to find a way to really end this in a very... Ah, uh, Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and to 5. And just give me five more minutes and I'll be done. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have what? Access, right? By faith. Into what? He didn't get me here. Through him, we have what? Access. We have the ability to enter into what? Grace. Grace opens for you. Because you have faith in Jesus Christ. So you walk into grace. And as you walk into grace, see what happens. When you walk into grace. It says, Is it okay for me to have a good time? Okay. Through whom also we have access by faith into his grace. In which we stand. We what? We, we what? We the same stand. That you, and if you look at the, 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 the origin of the word, the same stand you see in Ephesians. Ephesians, Apostle Paul wants us to what? Keep what? Standing. Hallelujah. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that. But we also rejoice in what? Tribulations. You may say to yourself, how do you gain joy out of tribulation? See what the word of the Lord says. It says what? We rejoice in hope of the glory of the what? Of God. Our hope is who? You got, you got to get to me here. Our hope is who? Oh, these students. Huh? Oh, I need to give you A plus or A minus. Some way, somehow. We have to figure out what, what, what grade I'm going to give you. Our hope is who? You have made Jesus your hope. So we rejoice in hope. Hear this. And it says that knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. So the, the question I asked the Lord was that how then we, do we truly rejoice in hope? I mean, do we really rejoice in tribulation? He says, listen, follow me. He says, know that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character what? Hope. Now, 
Hope does not what? Disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given, who has what? Given to us. Amen. Colossians says, chapter 1 verse 27 says, Blessed in me is the hope of what? So when tribulation comes, tribulation comes and sit down. And then it comes to tell me what I'm, my life should change to be. But then tribulation realizes that there is Christ in me. There is hope. So in the midst of the tribulations, tribulation cannot stay any longer. Because my hope in the Lord moves me forward to keep persevering. So tribulations keep saying, I am throwing all this at you. But you are not struck down. I'm throwing this all at you. You are hard pressed, but you are not yet destroyed. Because hope is still working in me. Hope is taking me through my tribulation. Then I start to persevere. And as I persevere, then the Lord changes my character. So then I start to talk. I start to act. I start to react. Because my character gives me the ability to speak against the tribulation. So out of my character, my hope then resurrects once again. Because this hope will take me to the very end. He said the hope will not disappoint. I am not talking about the hope for a car. I am not talking about hope for a vehicle. I am talking about the hope that will take me into heaven. That no matter what I will face in my life, my hope in the Lord Jesus will see me through. May your hope take you to the place. May your hope take you to the place that the rich man, when Jesus Christ said, why don't you go and sell everything that you have? He said, how can I do that? And the disciples said, how difficult it is for us to be able to get into the kingdom of God. And Jesus Christ said, to man, so many things are what? Impossible. But to God, if you put your hope in God, he will carry you through. You cannot be discouraged. You got to trust. And you got to hope. I wanted to show a clip. Did you have it? Let me end. Yeah, let me end. I wanted to show this clip. Now open it a little bit more, please. And play it. I, I, and, and if I tell you to slow down, please do me a favor and slow down. Hallelujah. Are you playing it? Hey. This one, you hope. <laughs> Can you give me the volume, please? Please take it back real quick for me. Take it back real quick for me. I'm ending. Are we there yet? Please play it. I wanted to illustrate something here really quickly. If it's not working, that's okay. It's not working. 
It's not working. Hallelujah. We'll end here. But what I wanted to show was this. It illustrated a man that was presented and it was put on the armor of God. And it talked about the same scripture in Ephesians 6, verses 10 onward. Now, I want you to study something here. Look at the man. You see how he is. Prior to the armor of God. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Just keep in mind who he was and how he looks like prior being put on this armor. And him facing his enemy. Having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We saw what he encountered. Imagine this man being without the armor of God. Imagine him facing his everyday life without the armor of God. My brothers and sisters, this is the end of my message. In the next weeks and months to come, we are going to learn in depth about this armor of God in different ways as the Lord leads us. But we need to understand what this armor means to us. If the soldier did not put on the armor, the place of his defeat would have been very near. God has called us to be soldiers for the kingdom of God. And we need to be prepared to be put on that very armor of God. And I pray that your trust in his word and your hope in who he is as Lord and God will continuously prevail for you in every part and every facet of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's rise. Amen.